Okay, all right, you landed on Island 49. I'm your host, Weston Smith. This evening, we'll continue our coverage of the 49ers free agency acquisitions and retentions. Familiar face brought back, three new faces brought to the stable, one that just took place in the last 60 minutes or so. Appreciate you tuning in. We'll talk all about it in just a few seconds here. All right, just a quick clarification point here. So what is Island 49? Uh, Myself, Lou, we started this concept of war talking football. Obviously, we cover the entire NFL, Lou being a diehard Chargers fan, myself being a diehard San Francisco 49ers fan. Island 49 is just that opportunity for me to break away for a little bit, talk about my passion, your passion, the San Francisco 49ers. So anytime you see just this face, just remember you've landed on Island 49 and we're going to talk solely about those San Francisco 49ers. As I mentioned before, tonight we're going to just continue our coverage related to the San Francisco 49ers, specifically free agency. What's taken place over the last five or six days since we caught up last week and we mentioned kind of the first wave of free agency. I'm going to start in a a place of comfort. That place of comfort is a familiar face that we're bringing back for his sixth sixth season as a San Francisco 49er, tight end Ross Dwelly. So what's the obvious statement of the day here is that Ross obviously has a ton of familiarity with the 49ers and specifically this offense. Uh, We know George Kittle loves to hype up his fellow tight ends, and this is probably a a buddy um, and a great relationship that's been established over time between the two. That's the surface level. Underneath the surface, what is this? Is Ross is what he is. He's he's going to be special teams help um, and a contributor. He's going to be depth at the tight end position, but he's not the piece that I think the 49er fans, uh, myself included in that, are looking for. I don't hate this, this move of bringing him back, but to me it doesn't solve the problem. It's a Band-Aid over a bullet hole. The bullet hole is... George, the, the void of George Kittle, should the 49ers inevitably need to move on from him in the future, whether it's getting out from underneath that contract or even if it's just moving a very talented individual for additional pieces to your ball club. We never know what's going to happen year to year. George Kittle's name's always brought up in somebody that you would attach to a trade to move that has sex appeal to other teams. I personally think Kittle's probably one of those lifelong 49ers but he's not you know that's not the homer in me that's just what he brings to this team and to this offense we know what he can do in the passing game Uh, we know he's the sixth offensive lineman uh, whenever he's on that line of scrimmage but here's the reality cap hit of 18 million dollars this year a cap hit of 19 million dollars in 2024 a cap hit of 17 million dollars in 2025 so business decisions are going to need to be made The reality is, is when you look at the body of work of Ross Dwelly, yes, he's been here for six years, but over the last two years, he has a total of 10 catches for 156 yards and two touchdowns. I think for this offense to get up and go, uh, they're going to need a little bit more production um, from that secondary tight end, if you will. And I just don't, 
you know, Ross isn't the guy. We remember he's had some big catches and big plays and big moments that really jump off, but the overall consistency is is just not there. I, I, again, familiar face brought back. We know what he's going to contribute, right? He's going to give you depth. He's going to line up on special teams. Uh, we appreciate all of that, but by no means is the tight end position resolved for the San Francisco 49ers beyond number 85, George Kittle, who plays a very physical brand of football and lends itself to injuries rather consistently. We have seen that over the last few years. So a position that I fully expect this team to invest in throughout the um, the draft this year, where they sit with 11 picks, the ability to maneuver as such, to be very picky, very choosy, and go find those individuals. But I definitively expect at least one tight end coming out of this draft with an expectation that they'll be able to contribute in the short term. So, Ross, welcome back. Um, always glad to, to have a familiar face, but at the end of the day, uh, more work to be done around the, the tight end position, specifically tight end two, tight end three, et cetera. So that's the retention. Let's talk about some of the, the new and fresh faces that are joining our club, the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to start closer to home. I'm going to start with Miles Hartsfield. Uh, safety slash nickel um, from the Carolina Panthers brought in. Undrafted in 2020 out of Ole Miss. Reason why I say something close to home. He's actually originally from Sayreville, New Jersey, which is less than 15 minutes from where I currently reside. I mentioned he played at Ole Miss. A lot of people won't know that he actually originally committed to Penn State but if you're not from this general area in the state of New Jersey, you don't realize that his entire senior season at Sayreville, Sayreville High School was shut down um, due to the football program being shut down because of uh, a hazing incident that could, took place. And turns out it was taking place for year over year over year that finally caught up with the, pl- the program. So they shut it down in his senior year. So he had to transfer to prep school, decommitted from Penn State, ended up choosing Ole Miss over uh, offers from some other SEC schools, even ACC schools like Boston College, et cetera. So what to love, what to hate. Here's the reality. Where the 49ers are in free agency right now, it's it's all about depth. It's all about players who can contribute in a pinch and fit the scheme. I just mentioned he came from Carolina, who's the defensive coordinator right now for the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers, Steve Wilkes. Obviously, he's got familiarity in that defensive scheme. I mentioned a hybrid safety slot nickel corner, if you will. Uh, That seems to be the common theme. Isaiah Oliver, another body who was just brought in that seems to fit that build. Obviously with the departure of of Jimmy Ward, um, Tarvarius Moore, right? These are folks that were in that, in that similar build and you're bringing in their their depth pieces when you really look at it not a huge body of work for miles 44 tackles last year a forced fumble for his career 118 total tackles a sack a forced fumble two fumble recoveries uh that interception is still eluding him um in the nfl so we'll see if he's able to hawk one down for us in the in the 2023 season but it's just another depth piece um if things go awry um, another, you see this all the time, coordinator changes, head coaches, cha- head coach changes. They go find role players that are reliable, that they can put in, in a pinch is miles going to come in and start for the San Francisco 49ers right out of the gate. Absolutely not. Um, he shouldn't, uh, the reality, you know, he, he didn't earn that spot 
in Carolina. No reason to see that he's going to earn that spot here in San Francisco, given the the depth of the defense already. But you got to admire that they understand there's been bodies lost in free agency, and they're certainly going out there um, to reclaim some some bodies and and some depth, if you will, along the way. So nothing to love here, nothing to hate here, right? It's a it's a mid move, and it's a move that needs to needed to happen. Like you need bodies. It's it's that simple, based on players that are or have or will be leaving this roster. You just need competent individuals what i if i have to say what i do like i'm going to be biased he's a jersey guy i'm a jersey guy i'm biased about that always love players though that have sec experience that's the pinnacle of college football right so they have faced stiff competition at some points in their career and he's made it here to the nfl um, as an undrafted player and here he is being picked up by his second team in three years there's got to be, um, you know, some belief around his ability. I know he's athletic. Um, he did. He certainly co- he competed in the triple jump and things of that nature. Um, so I, I I know he's got the the upside or those those athletic characteristics and traits that you're looking for players that you can put into d- different positions. So that's fresh face number one. Fresh face number two. Uh, John Feliciano, he he's I w- I'll call him a guard slash center. He played a lot of center for the New York Football Giants last year. He's got 54 career starts as a, a professional. I think the 49ers are pegging this as the replacement for Daniel Brunskill. Here's the truth: he's not a replacement for Daniel Brunskill. Talked about this last week. How Daniel Brunskill has experience at literally every single position across the offensive line. John Feliciano has experience at center and both left and right guard. So he's more of an interior offensive lineman replacement, if you will. I think, I do believe just given his pedigree, given his experience, there's an opportunity to push second-year player Spencer Burford for snaps at the right guard position. We saw Spencer split time with Daniel Brunskill throughout the 2022 NFL season. I don't expect a split trend to continue. I think they'll land on who's going to be our guy that we're going to plug in at right guard. I think that's the more prudent thing to do, in my particular opinion. And I and I do think it's Spencer Burford's job to lose, but OTAs, training camp will tell us, you know, is the vet behind, you know, the young player going to be motivation for that young player, or is he going to be replaced? by the vet. So an experienced vet, that push comes to shove. You need to fill the gap. We, I just mentioned experience at center, right guard, left guard. So whether, you know, Aaron Banks or, or Burford go down or even Jake Brendel, again, you, you got your solution there or at least the body that you're intending to plug in and play um, in the event of, of one of those things taking place. But that, that's what it is. You know, it, it's meant to be offensive line depth. I'm fine with this signing. Uh, certainly a name that I'm familiar with. Again, I just mentioned I'm a Jersey guy. New York Giants play in my backyard, so I know who my family are New York Giants season ticket holders. I know who John Feliciano is. I know he was in Buffalo prior to that. You know, so he's staying. Um, you know, we're familiar with him from the East Coast. But again, not a not a splash or a flash in the pan type signing. This is not on the Javon Hargrave level of what the 49ers did right now where we are in free agency from a timing perspective and how I always felt that the 49ers were going to participate in free agency in this season was going to be about depth. And that's what um, John Feliciano represents. The final familiar face, excuse me, 
the final fresh face is, and this just happened a little over an hour ago. Um, It was reported earlier today that Austin Bryant, former edge rusher for the Detroit Lions, was visiting the 49ers, just inked him um, to a contract. Uh, You know, this, I, I, I hate being redundant, but it's just more depth. What I am actually very optimistic about this is not necessarily from a contribution perspective, but another able body that can be part of that very deep or what once was a very deep defensive line for the San Francisco 49ers, allowing them to rotate. We saw Samson Ibukam, Charles Omenahu, Jordan Willis, right? We saw these guys leave so far in free agency and during the offseason. Had to be depth there. It can't just be Bosa. It can't just be Drake Jackson. When this defense is clicking on, on all cylinders, they're, they're starting on their active roster 10 to 11 defensive linemen a game. Those bodies aren't all there yet, right? And I think Austin Bryant is a piece of that. Now, he played nine games last year, didn't record a sack. I think this has to do a lot with Detroit changing their defensive look and, and their scheme and him just, I don't want to say falling out of favor, just getting knocked down a little bit and and other people that might have fit a little better. We see this all the time in the NFL that like new location, change of scenery often does very well um, for that particular player. I'm not going into this with rose colored glasses and thinking that he's coming off of a zero sack season and going to put up double digit sacks in 2023, but he proved to be very serviceable in 2021, four and a half sacks, in spot pass rushing duty, which is what he'll get an opportunity to do here in San Francisco. And very much like Cleveland Farrell, I think this is just another thing that screams Chris Kasurik project that can get the best out of these defensive linemen. So again, a role player. This is where we are in free agency, right? I don't expect the San Francisco 49ers to go out there I don't think they're kicking the tires on Jadavion Clowney or any of these other edge, you know, high profile edge rushers that might be sitting out there. They're limited by cap. They're limited by existing names on the roster today that are kind of pegged to be starters going into the season. A lot of what we're going to see both here in free agency and I think in the the draft, which again is about a month and a half away, a little less than a little over a month away is all going to be about pieces, pieces, pieces. Can we find four to five more pieces that will have an opportunity to contribute on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball, maybe even a little bit about round special teams, but it will also be about getting this roster or maintaining youth in this roster, having contingency plans for 2024 when more players move on because that's what, what happens. Um, you know, if you need, if there's any cap casualties, got a lot of people carrying high cap numbers and we keep restructuring contracts and all you're doing is kicking the can down the road and you got to pay the piper. The bill always comes due. You know, when does that happen? Can you solidify, can you be really savvy in the later rounds with those picks you have and identify the depth? So quick recap, retain, we welcome Ross back for a sixth season. The new faces that have taken place over the last four or five days, you got Miles Hartsfield. John Feliciano, Austin Bryant. Depth and rotational pieces on offense and defense. 
Um, I do expect the 49ers to begin to double down more on depth on the defensive side of the ball. That is that staple. Um, I think at this point, they're probably feeling pretty comfortable with what the offense looks like outside of maybe a little O-line depth. I mentioned that additional tight end. Um, And one thing that I don't want to spend too much time on tonight, I'd love to have an entire show on this, uh, but the Brandon Ayuk situation does loom large. Uh, We saw what he said on social media. If I amount that to anything, I amount it to like pay me accordingly, which all NFL players should be talking about. You know, I think his line was fourth option, fourth passing option on a run first offense and still eclipse a thousand yards. He's out there doing his job and he's right. He's out there doing his job and he should be paid um, accordingly. So interesting to see. So I think they have to start to plan for that. Can you pay Debo? Can you pay Ayuk? That's what I'm looking for in this draft right now is those those depth pieces, that youth movement um, to have some some sort of contingency plan, not necessarily an exact replication of the current roster, uh, but something to to fall back on. So that's that's it. You know, we're what two and a little over two weeks, two and a half weeks into to free agency so far. Um, you know, I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about uh, an official grade related to the the free agency period. But I think the question really is like, where do we go from here, right? So I just mentioned a little over a month until we hit the 2023 NFL draft. What can you expect your 49ers to do? I've been alluding to it throughout, you know, over the last 18 minutes, if you will. And it's been more about depth, depth, depth. I just don't see them. I think if they're going to make a play, right? And, And I mentioned being capped by the cap no pun intended limited room and limited maneuverability so they're gonna have to some of this might unfold over time so there's still some big names out there on the free agent market and usually those big names when they don't get snatched up in the first couple days of free agency it's a very long process and what i mean by that is there there are teams that are definitively interested in this talent you're always interested in adding talent to your club the reality is, is there's a lot of maneuverability that tends to need to take place to go get those players. And then some of it's knee-jerk reaction based on how do we do in free agents, um, free agency? How do we do in the NFL draft? What gaps do we still have? And who's out there? So the 49ers, if they want to add some of these names, there's still some restructuring that has to take place. I talked about you know George Kittle's cap number. Um, we could talk about Trent Williams. Williams cap number with fire. I think the Nick Bosa um, negotiations, it looms large here, right? You give him that big contract. There's absolutely a way to free up cap and lower his number going into 2023. But here's the reality, big deals. He's going to be the highest paid defensive player in the NFL, in NFL history, in the NFL. And he'll be replaced the year after. This is just the cycle that we're in, but deals like that, they don't get hammered out till you get closer to training camp. There's no, initiative for Bosa and his camp to negotiate it right now. None, none whatsoever. Um, Of course, the 49ers might be a little bit more eager, but they'll let this thing stretch out because that's just the way that it, it tends to go in the NFL. And that's certainly the way it tends to go when we're negotiating with our big time players, it gets really close uh, to, to training camp more often than not. So that's not where the money's going to come from. But if you're thinking about an area of opportunity, I think there's still an opportunity to address edge. We're all seeing everybody talking about, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, um, a great piece. Leonard Floyd, who's got familiarity in the division. 
Personally, I'm a big fan of Justin Houston. I know he's an aging vet, but he's still highly productive. And if he hasn't gotten popped so far in free agency, there's a high likelihood that that number is not as aggressive as his camp would want, right? Or that he might personally want. And where he is in his professional career, maybe he wants to go play for a contender. San Francisco's a, a obviously a great spot for that. Those are some of the names. I think they need to be very diligent um, in, in deep around the defensive back, right? So, you know, do you want a dog and a little bit of a nasty player with a little bit of edge to him, somebody like a, a Marcus Peters? Who knows, right? But those are, if I'm looking at maybe the top 50 or 100 remaining names in the free agency market, if I'm getting, if I, if I'm making a decision for myself, then we get cute with the cat. Those are the names that I'm looking at. Um, I don't know how interested I am in Jadavion Clowney. I'm certainly not interested in adding Odell Beckham or, any of these other players um, to the team right now, I want to be prudent and I want to hit areas. I don't want to say of need, but I want to remain strong in the areas that have always been beneficial to us. We've got, we've been fortunate. We've gotten good defensive back play over a period of time. We've had high production from our defensive line. That's where I want to continue to invest in. It's been a, I'll fall short. I'll say a winning formula, but obviously not the ultimate formula because that has not come to um, fruition in terms of hoisting a, a Lombardi trophy. So that's what I'm thinking about where we go from here. I'm also kind of backpedaling a little bit and I'll be the first to call myself out on this. Last week we talked about, um, or at least I talked about Colton McKivitz and his extension and what that actually signified. And in my mind, it was, hey, he's not the starting right tackle. You need to retain the tackle, um, especially somebody who has swing capability like him should something happen to Trent Williams slide right over to the left. But lack of, um, you know, I, I would say obvious interest during free agency to maybe bring in an outside name. Starting to feel like Colton McKivitz is the guy, at least going into 2023. Now we still have the draft here, but here's the reality we don't pick until the compensatory portion of round three. And I know we have 11 picks, but big name, I don't want to say big name tackles, big name tackles are left tackles, right? But even your priority type right tackles or guys who played left tackle in college and would slide over naturally to right tackle in the NFL, they're gone before that time. So you're going to have to package some things. You're going to have to be move, moving up and you better make sure that you target the person that fits what you're trying to do. Um, I know that's an obvious statement, but they're going to have to get cute and get creative. But what if they don't, right? What if the tackles that are on their radar or gone before they, they pick or gone and, and the opportunity to package some things to, to slide up a little bit has passed. Well, then in reality, you're looking at fifth, sixth, seventh round type players that you want to draft and holding the expectation for them to come in and start right away at right tackle, that's just not logical. It, it doesn't doesn't always come to fruition. And I know you can sit here and say, well, Spencer Burford was a late-round pick last year, and he started at right guard for us throughout the season. But did he? You know, he had the support of ro you know the rotation. You're not running a rotation throughout the game at your tackle position. You just can't do it. You need these guys playing in rhythm. You know, they're going up against elite pass rushers from every team. Um you're, you're, you're not splitting series with that type of role. I, I just, I just, as we get further into free agency and we start to approach the draft, I'm starting to feel more and more like 
This team believes that Colton McKivitz is at least the answer at right tackle or is going to be serviceable for them for the 2023 season unless they find a diamond in a rough and hit a home run in the draft in some capacity. Remains to be seen. I'm just starting to feel I think they will address the offensive line and the tackle position, but are they going to walk away from those um, with those picks and say, I found my future starter? I'd say that's not the case. I'd say the starter is here. And, and, and that's true for all positions. The reality is when you look up and down this offense, when you look up and down this defense, the starters are already here, right? I, you're not going to go make a splash move. You, you could, you might kick the tires on it. Um, but right now you're just looking for contributors. You're looking for depth. You're looking for vets and you're looking for the right buy, if you will, for your team. Um, it's, it's my opinion that, Across the offense, across the defense, the starter, the starting lineup, barring injury for the 2023 NFL season, is already here in house. Everything else is just going to be nice pieces um, to to add to the stable, uh, and, and that's what I'm starting to see unravel here with Colton McKivitz. I just think they they feel like they have in house. So again, where do where do we go from here? We just keep our eye out, right? A, a piece here, a piece there. Um, I think they're going to be very prudent, right? I think they're going to be keeping their, I think they have their eye on, on certain prizes, but they want to make sure that they're not the ones setting the market for that individual. Um, they want to lure people in with the appeal of, Hey, a weaker NFC, let's go compete, right? We need a couple willing and able bodies. Let's forge forward. But as of this evening, um, this is not inclusive of the Austin Bryant contract. I'm yet to see the details as I was prepping for this evening's show. Just saw that it, it did take place. 6.6 million in cap, uh, 11 draft picks. You're going to need more than that to sign all 11 draft picks. I don't expect that they make all 11 picks, to be honest with you. I just don't see 11 people making this team in the practice squad, and I'm going to be redundant and repeat that time and time and time again. Um, but I do think this puts them in a position to be very selective in the draft. Go find the John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan mentality type players, a few dogs, um, you know, people that give you confidence that you can even redshirt them for a year and get some depth for next year. And then it's like you have a, a second wave of wave of rookies outside of reclaiming all of your draft picks because we're past going into 2024. We'll be past the Christian McCaffrey trade. We'll be past trading up for Trey Lance. So we'll be back drafting in, in normal order in the first three rounds, not just looking at compensatory picks on top of all the compensatory picks that they'll pile on inevitably um, for next year. It's just what this team um, does. So I don't want to get anybody's hopes up. Uh, I, I want you to just remember that this is a good football team. They have a lot of depth. They're handicapped by some aggressive contracts in retaining their superstars, which is what we want as fans for a team to do all the time, right? We get really upset when we don't retain that superstar and he goes and balls out for, for somebody else. They've been very good about retaining their foundation, um, homegrown players, etc. but that you'll find yourself in a bind from time to time. So now is, now's the time to be prudent and, uh, find some bargain chips here in in the, the remaining weeks of uh, free agency um, and, and certainly try to hit a home run in the NFL draft. So that's where we sit as of, I don't even know what today's date is at this point, March 22nd. Um, like I mentioned, a week and a half or so um, into the free agent. I mean, 
technically a week to the day, but basically about a week and a half into free agency for the 2023 season. So um, one thing, if I can just kind of spend a minute here talking about the Island 49 and, and the show itself, I mentioned this is just an opportunity for me to to break the norm and talk about just the NFL and all 32 teams and, and focus in on the team that I'm most passionate about. My goal is I really want to keep the show interactive. And I understand that's hard when I'm recording and I'm putting it out there for your view, but I'd love to hear from 49er fans on what you want to talk about. You know, I'd love to do live shows, have you call in, leave comments uh, and and have some banter back and forth. I want this, I want this show not to be influenced by my brain. I want it to be influenced by your brains, your thoughts, your emotions. And I understand that takes time and that that's, that's a heavy ask. Um, but I'm going to continue to to continue to ask that of listeners. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to get guests on um, from all different walks of life. I mean, there are obviously a lot of them are going to be 49er focused, but different locations, different personalities, uh, different views on how they view their team. Are they a fan? Are they hypercritical? Are they just a diehard loyal fan? I want to I want to get everybody involved that I, I possibly can because most importantly, it's just about. It's about having fun, but it's all about trying to part some knowledge related to the team that we're all passionate about, right? We're all fans, and fan is short for fanatic. So we are all crazy in our own right, and I want that craziness to continue and have a place to live and breathe right here on Island Island 49. That being said, I'm not walking away from we're talking football this is brought to you by we're talking football, right? That that's kind of the hub for how I got started and, and how we'll continue to, to, to go forward. So in the short term, um, liking these videos, subscribing to the channel, that's all going to be through we're talking football. So you can find us at WTF pod NFL. Um, that's on Instagram. That's on Twitter, on YouTube. It's we're talking football, hit the likes, hit the subscribes. You'll get the notifications about Island 49, about we're talking football podcasts and everything that we're, you know, talking about NFL related. Um, but I'm going to ask time and time again for, for the listeners participation. Um, I do it for me, but I really do it for you. I, I'm looking for that outlet to, to just rap about the 49ers with everyone. So Appreciate you. We'll be back in short order um, with continued content around free agency and a little preparation for this team as we we head into the draft. 